Welcome to Follow the Boat. Tales not just from the high seas. These are the podcast adventures of Liz and Jamie as they travel through the Indian subcontinent. Waving goodbye to the Taj Mahal, we leave dirty touristic Agra and take a hectic bus ride to Jodhpur, the Blue City, Rajasthan's second largest city set in the desert of Tar. Jodhpur has a rich history, founded in 1459 by Rao Joda, who was a Rajput chief from the Rathor clan. The Rathor name is an important one to this podcast. A couple of kilometres outside the town centre, Govind Rathor and his family run the Durag Niwas homestay. But that's not their main interest. In 2007, Govind set up the Sambali Trust, an NGO that helps women from the lowest castes in India escape their lives of hardship and empowers them with the skills necessary to operate their own businesses. Many of these women only speak a local dialect and don't understand Hindi, so they learn to read, write and speak Hindi and English. They are also taught sewing and farming skills. The Sambali Trust runs several projects, including empowerment centres, a school for children in Satrara village, where Govin's family comes from, a sewing centre, and also microfinancing to assist the women to set up their own business. You can find out more by finding their page on Facebook. Just search for Sambali Trust, spelt S-A-M-B-H-A-L-I, where you can get in touch with Govind or go to their website at www.sambali-trust.org. The work Govind and the Trust is doing is so important, having helped over 600 women in its five-year existence, that we are dedicating two podcast episodes to our time with the Sambali Trust. In part one, on a late afternoon in the receding desert heat, Jamie and Govind make themselves comfortable on the roof of the Durag Niwas homestay where Govin describes the spectacular views and chats about the trust. From here we're able to see the palace of Jodhpur, where the Maharaja and his family lives. We have the Raika Bagh palace, where his grandmother used to live, on our side as well. We can see the Ganesha temple, we can see the upcoming malls, <laughs> we can see the sunset and we can see the fort of Jodhpur with the bit of the clock tower as well of the centre. Um, about 60 years ago, my grandfather, as the chosen one of the family, moved from the village to the city and he was a major in army. And uh, so he, um, he established our house here. So uh, we converted our home into a hotel when my father inherited his, uh, his portion. And um, we started with two rooms and one bathroom and now we have about 14 rooms. In the past 22 years, uh, our guest house is one of the... Uh, also reasons why people come and stay in Jodhpur for a long time besides just going to museums, you know, because we are a homestay and uh, we, we give the hospitality of an Indian family, of a Rajput family. I should explain to people listening that homestay is a very big concept in India. Uh, it's really where family will actually share their home, allowing us uh, separate rooms. And uh, in this case, we have our own little ensuite bathroom as well. 
essentially we are sharing the same living quarters as the family and uh, your grandmother is still here isn't she my grandmother is here my son is here so we are four generation in this house my grandmother my mother my wife my son my brother me we all live in a joint family it's basically it's a courtyard isn't it so this is it's very sort of uh, desert like in that it's nicely protected uh, beautifully uh, blue painted walls and of course we are in the blue city of Jodhpur and uh, a nice little water feature in the middle and underneath uh, that is uh, the dining area where we sit down and uh, and have our dinner so it's a it's a, it's a wonderful setting it, it really is it's a very nice a very nice place this is where we bath in the rain and this is where we store our water this is where we have food and this is where we do our sunbathing and the courtyard is a very important aspect of uh, Rajasthani life right uh, yeah right. we dry our peppers here we dry our coriander and mint leaves here to use in the hot summer months and you have uh, a brother as well i think who who helps out my younger brother lives here too because he inherits some of the, uh, one portion of this house from my father and he helps in the guest house and he's getting married soon so we're very excited next oh. month is his wedding and um, i'm the wedding planner so i'm very excited about <laughs> it because <laughs> uh, it's the first it's the last um, responsibility i have uh, being the elder son of the family because uh, it 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 was passed on to me from my father and he's my last responsibility uh, a communal responsibility mm-hmm. that i take care of his marriage and everything and make sure he's well settled and then he can from there on uh, take his own decisions mm-hmm. you you talked about responsibility just then one of the uh, more serious responsibilities of course is the uh, sambali trust Sambali Trust it is a small grassroots effort uh, based in western rajasthan as you know uh, we deal with women empowerment we work with women of the untouchable community uh, i do not like this word at all but to describe uh, our audience uh, that uh, dalit is also called untouchable dalit is of course it's the lowest of the caste system isn't it it's the lowest of low caste system in india and we work with the harijans and the meghwals and the bheels and um, these people have so much to offer and so much to share but it's just that because they are put into a category uh, not many people are getting to mingle with their community or get to know their culture we work with the women and girls of these communities who come uh, from the, uh, from specific areas of jodhpur or of the rural uh, rajasthan uh, these women we work with have two burdens on them not just for being an untouchable or dalit in indian community but at the same time uh, being women in the patriarchal society so with the two uh, with the two burdens on them the downtrodden women come to us and we try to help them with vocational training some literacy try to help them with self help groups we try to bring them workshops of uh, health hygiene aids awareness personality development and do everything related to the unity of these women self esteem of these women and independence in every form that is available for these women our youngest is from 3 year old to the eldest to 65 years old mm. so women of all ages are welcome in our uh, community i would call it sambali community to learn from us yeah. i i'll talk a bit more about that in in a moment and what it is you actually do to empower these women but i just wanted to go back to this concept of the caste system it's something that we as uh, british people understand uh, historically but 
we'd kind of been led to believe that the caste system doesn't really exist anymore, that now India, being a, a new democracy, has managed to get rid of the caste system. Are you saying that this is not the case and, the, in fact, it's still very much uh, a big problem? But when we talk about practic- practicality, it does exist. It does exist in large because uh, you see... 70% or so India lives in the villages or in rural areas or in smaller towns. And every day it's a fast feast or a ceremony for us. And people always say, why do we have uh, all fingers in different sizes? It is because the God has uh, made it in a way that you can work with it, with your hand. Now, similarly with the caste system, it's God who has decided the lowest of low and the highest of high and so on. And so we are no one to change the caste system. So therefore, it is still on. The caste system is very much there. Yes, the um, the, the advantages of uh, the caste system is that the Dalit people or, or so-called the untouchables have better reservations in the government, have better jobs available for them. But due to uneducation, uh, and backwardness uh, it is still a big concern because most of the Dalits I know are working as um, uh, sweepers for the municipality uh, I mean we should have uh, Dalit teachers for example we have some great example of uh, Dalits who have come up some of them have become uh, role models for a lot out there I think something has to be done more on a larger scale for these people and their upliftment, uh, and not uh, just on paper. Uh, Indian democracy is not hidden from anyone. Mm. So not going into details and, um, you know, I don't want to be politically anywhere uh, with my uh, my with my concept of uh, training and other things we do at Sambali. But I, I, I just want to say there's a lot to be done. Mm. There's a lot to be done. And a lot of people look at us for, for something to be done for them. We're upstairs now in one of the two teaching rooms where we're going to be meeting some of the girls who come in from the surrounding villages to Jodhpur and learn written Hindi and uh, spoken and written English and they also learn some handicraft skills as well. So, so in the other classroom we have a number of sewing machines but I'm in the first classroom and this is uh, just like any other classroom really on the walls we've got uh, maps of India, uh, information on food, nutrition, Rajasthan, uh, the water cycle and uh, over in the far corner it looks like we've got some some of their handiwork actually, some embroidery and uh, painting patchwork pieces which have been hung on the wall and as we go over to the other classroom, this one's much bigger, this is the one that houses the sewing machines so in the far corner we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight sewing machines and they're, uh, they're sort of singer copies old school with uh, treadles underneath on the desk belt driven on the walls we've got the english alphabet drawn in great big colored lettering we've got a poster here that says tell the time and it's a illustrated poster kind of chronological day in the life of a school child showing all the different times of day on a clock and over in the other corner we've got this beautiful mural with lots and lots of butterflies flapping around uh, what looks like a poem. 
and then in the far wall we've got to further pictures some of their artwork that they've been uh, they've been drawing the first one i can see by carol is a boat sailing around a desert island so those are the two classrooms and we're we'll be coming up here in in about 45 minutes and meeting the two teachers and hopefully we'll get to chat to the, uh, to some of the girls as well sitting in the handicraft classroom and the girls at the moment are learning how to make a card with one of the teachers here and uh, we have Anita who is in the class and she's going to just chat to us about what it is like to be here at the trust and what she's learning so hello Anita hello my name is Liz and I've come from England and I'd like to just ask the teachers to introduce themselves please Myself, Simi Singh. I teach English to the girls here and at the Pile Empowerment Centre. Simi Singh, how do you do? Hello, thank Hi. you. And uh, you are? Hi, I am Tamanna Bhati. I am here uh, in Assembly Test, Art and Craft Teacher and Administrator too. <laughs> thank you. So that's Tamanna and Simi who are the main teachers here in the school. And they teach from 11 till 3. And is it six days a week? Yeah, it's six, days. six days a week, but so it's a long day. day. And yeah. Saturday is activity. So could you tell me what activity day means? They just play games, they just sing, dance, paint, everything they want. They're free to do everything. They can spend their time. So on activity day, what do you like to do? She wants to watch what the girls are doing because she can't play with them, she can't dance with them. That's why she just sit and watch and she's also happy to, uh, to see them, that how they are playing, how they are singing and dancing. She also sometimes sings songs with them. How long have you been coming here? She has been coming here for, uh, since uh, three years. And what have you learnt? What have you enjoyed learning here? Meniya, Kasida, or Kadai, Bunai, Silai, she has learned everything like embroidery, stitching, sewing, soft toys making, everything. She has learned everything and also basic English and basic Hindi. So can you say something to me in basic English? Hi, my name is Anita. I am 21 years old. I have many two sisters, one brother. I live in Jodhpur and eat Raikabak. That's very, very good. Thank you. I can't. Yes, that's very good. And so now you've been here for three years. What will you do when you finish here? I want to do jobs that I have learned after completing her study, after completing her course here, she wants to do te- uh, teaching. She wants to teach whatever she has learned here, like stitching, embroidery, everything. She wants to make her girls independent, just like she has become here. Mm. She wants to teach everything to the girls. Mm. So the independence comes through learning handicraft, learning a skill, learning and, and then being able Getting to sell. education also, but yes. these girls have not gone to school, they have not taken education, so it's good to make them educated in some uh, handmade works like embroidery, stitching, so they, they can earn something. Mm. Mm. 
And who do you think that you will be teaching when you leave here? Is this family members or members in the community? She wants to teach the girls just like here. She wants to work at a centre. When they've been here and they've studied, do some of them stay on to remain as teachers? Yes, we ha- definitely some of them stays here to remain as a teacher because uh, one of our graduates, Saraswati Ji, she is working at our sewing shop and she is manager there. And our another uh, student from Sitrava village, she is also working as a teacher. So we hope that she will also work as a teacher. We will employ her. That's great. So you've got something to look forward to. And will that be in, in Jodhpur? Will you be doing that? Yes. She can't walk, so it's not possible she go outside and working. It's possible she came here and near. You have to provide the transportation also. Yes. Can you tell me a little about your home? Do you Who do you live with at home? I live with my mom and father. And I live with my she lives with her parents and her grandparents and her sister and brothers. Okay, and your sisters, will they come to the centre? Yes. So, One of her sisters has been graduated from here and she is working in a shop and she is doing work and one of her sisters is going to school. Are you sponsoring? One of her sisters is going to school. Fantastic. So coming to the centre has really been useful for you? Yes. <laughs> good, very good. It's very useful for her. Having educated them, so they're learning English, learning Hindi, learning handicrafts, you're getting more and more girls that go back out into the community. What is then happening? Are they setting up their own little businesses? Are they working for other people? Um, obviously, some of them, like Anita, are going into education. It depends. Sometimes the girls are interested to doing work at their home, so they can bring orders and do their work at home. And sometimes Govindia opens the swing centres for them. Yes. He gives them order and everything. Everything which what they made at the swing centre, we sold them. We also uh, uh, sold them in our shop at Ghantagar. And it depends on the girls. Whatever they want to do, uh, what use they want to make of their education, it yes. depends on that. Yes. We and provide them every facility. Okay, so having provided the education and the facilities and hopefully encourage them to empower them as you do, um, do you then, I know it's early days because it's only four years, isn't it, but will you then continue to support them afterwards? Yes, definitely we will continue supporting them afterwards. They have been graduated, we will support them afterwards My inspiration is my mother and my grandmother. Um, uh, these women uh, have seen a lot in the in their life, in in the life which has uh, given them birth. They were sisters to someone. They were mothers to someone. They were wives to someone. They were in-laws to someone. My mother was 15 when she got married. My grandmother was 12 when she got married. And uh, the lives of these women have been very interesting all the time. Can you tell us a bit more about their lives? Well, my mother, my grandmother was 12. And by the time she was 20, she already had her four children. And she was all well settled, she say. And uh, my grandfather was 20 years elder than she, she was. Uh, so he was about... Um, 40 and she was about 20 and um, uh, you know she she had a very reputed life but at the same time 
being a young bride and a husband twice the age many people hit on her <laughs> at the parties and so on and so she had to fight for her own um, self esteem she had to fight for her own um, uh, respect uh, and ego and uh, i have learned quite a bit from her on how to handle situations so she also because my grandfather used to work a lot and he used to be out uh, most of the time and most of the nephews and all from the villages came to the town to study so my grandmother set up her own dairy farm and i saw how she started from a cow to 50 cows uh, at a, at one time of her life and um, she sold milk and she used to go there every day and she used to be called mame saheb and uh, i've seen that victorian part of her life right sorry what what does that mean uh, mame saheb she's the she's like the lady you know and uh, from that time you know and my, and then my grandfather passed away in an accident and then her sons got uh, separated and uh, she went into depression and you know she had lots of struggle in her life and yeah i saw her f- f- from raise to a fall right uh, it's 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 a very painful experience and then with my mother it was quite interesting as well she was 15 when she got married to her brother's good friend my father <laughs> and um, in the beginning the relationship was not that accepted because my father chose her and you know it was a kind of love arranged marriage they were family friends and this whole thing happened and then my father was very possessive and insecure and very uh, he had other relations with women and all this and uh, my mother had to go through a lot to save her honor every time um he passed away uh, when our uh, when we were more settled uh, you know uh, then my mother had uh, have her whole life in front of her as a widow we can't marry again in rajputs um, i am the elder son 14 years old i was then made the responsible one of my family i was pulled out of school and so i saw how my mother work day to day to keep us living to keep the business going and her being uneducated and my grandmother being uneducated too you know how these women continued their lives like a force you know my mother had more more uh, terrible life uh, cause my father used to drink a lot and uh, every night we used to pray god that don't make night in our house because whenever it gets dark evil devil came in form of a bottle every day in dark color you know and uh, the nights were miserable did he did he mistreat your mother he mistreated i don't know <laughs> you know we went through a lot in our life until my father was alive and and he he died quite young i'm i'm working i'm calculating in my head yeah. that if you were 14 yeah. he must have died quite young yeah my father was about 14 but we mustn't forget of course that the person who had to deal with all of this was your your mother who in your society it's very difficult for young widows to carry on and be accepted in society i mean we've heard horror stories of what happens to widows my mother was not allowed to come into community at all she was not allowed into marriages she was not allowed to come in auspicious ceremonies she was not allowed to pray and then you know uh, my mother running the business everyone as a young widow everyone wants to hit on her you know like uh, and she's like you know she, she she went into depressions she went we thought after my father would die um, uh, we uh, the alcohol would not come in our house anymore and um, you know that we we will have some kind of 
a better sleep at night uh, because uh, we won't need to wake up to save my mother or something like that you know from getting hit or something like this but things changed that my mother became alcoholic <laughs> due to depression and having diabetes and all i call myself a night person but these nights i am awake because i go see if my mother and grandmother are breathing because my father died at night mm. uh, and we don't know how uh, people say it was heart failure and uh, the thing is that um, it is very difficult to let people die in front of you drinking excess of alcohol right and my grandmother and my mother both went into this phase of their life and now they both had strokes and now they can't perform uh, 100% in their lives and so i had to get married when i was 20 and um, to have a child and to um, have a woman in the house who could then be the face of the house out there for the community requirements you had a social pressure to have that that female side to the family then my auntie came to me the first night of my marriage and said we want to have a child in 9 months or we will put a stamp on you that you're useless <laughs> really after my father died we thought things would be better on emotional aspect but the thing is now we regret why he passed away because a lot happened to us as children and to my mother when we both were too young to take care of her and we had no security in our house anymore this man was like a lion um and the other thing is that only when night came we thinking we were thinking that the day should come as soon as possible so the alcohol level went low then he would say sorry and he would be feeling very bad and and the whole day he would be the best father in the in the world he was so nice he was really nice but only that once he had alcohol he would think about things from the past or certain things that would mess the whole 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 night up mm. um, whenever he had alcohol it was really bad for us to sleep at night i slept under the bed of my parents so that i could come out and save my mother many times i broke their doors many times and uh, and uh, to to make sure my mother was safe a lot of times i fall asleep because i had examinations in school and next morning i just had to wipe my tears of my mother <laughs> and that's all i could do my brother was too young to understand this and i was very emotionally attached to my mother that i i i i i felt her pain and as a young boy i couldn't do much but now when i turned 23 uh, i thought uh, i'm a grown up man and i could do a lot for women who have been in to similar situations like my mother and grandmother and um one day sambali was born to help all these women of uh, who who have same problems like my mother and my grandmother on the day this podcast was edited the sambali trust has just launched a new project the shirni sambali educational program where 15 dalit girls are brought from satrawa and solankia tala villages to jodhpur in order to start new lives In next week's podcast, we spend a bit more time with the women and talk to Govind about what the trust does. In the meantime, don't forget to check out www.sambali-trust.org.